everybody, this is Kate Chudley, the host of Stay Determined and Undertale podcast. We are here with our second episode, Papyrus. Our first episode, Toriel, we had an overwhelmingly positive response, and we thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in, leaving your comments, leaving your ratings. It really means a lot to us. We've had people ask how to support us. Um, we actually have a Patreon set up. You can go to patreon.com slash staydetermined. And we have a bunch of goodies on there for you. We have bonus episodes you can unlock, high quality stuff, and more to come in the future. And if by chance you can't support us on Patreon, we completely understand. You can support us in so many other ways. Tell a friend. Leave us a rating. Leave us reviews on iTunes. Leave us reviews on SoundCloud. Just get the word out there. Let everybody know we're out there. And keep on listening. Thank you so much again for listening. Please enjoy episode two. And most importantly, stay determined. I don't know if I'm cool enough for this episode. Are you not cool enough for this episode? I mean, I'm one cool guy, but I'm not cool enough for uh, this. I don't know. You... I just made the sickest papyrus pun, and that's so uncharacteristic of me. I'm one cool guy. He wears the cool guy shirt. Oh my god, the, ah, ah, the cool guy shirt. I did, did I just get dunked on? I Maybe a did little, I? yeah. Mm. I, I, I And I, I did it without even knowing. Wow. I'm trying to channel... As much of Pappy here. Pappy. As a can. Pappy. He called yeah. him Pappy. Pappy. <laughs> oh, boy. I was We're very in. tempted to make a bowl of spaghetti for this episode. Why did you not? I Well, one, uh, we have no uh, heat in the apartment. We have um, uh, a stove. Yeah, I was trying to figure out how to get the heat back the whole time. Also, <laughs> uh, at one point, the spaghetti's actually frozen. So it would be perfectly in context. Oh, dang it. Uh, remember that (laughs) i wasn't okay maybe you're right i do i was gonna wear a senpai hat the one that you saw me wear at momocon that's when i met you for the first time yep i was gonna wear that and i also forgot to do that so why i don't know i'm wearing red ball you are wearing red i'm I'm wearing pink. It's in the family. <laughs> pink pajamas. <laughs> I, I am comfy right now. I am in my pink pajamas. So no, hey, you know what? You got to be comfortable when you do these kinds of things. Hmm. So you're wandering alone in a forest. underground in a world filled with strange monsters and surroundings when all of a sudden this tall lanky permanently smiling skeleton forces you to listen to his scattered thoughts and solve strange puzzles half of which fail on you and him listen i love that puzzle with the different colored checkers and then he sort of falls in love with you (laughs) that is undertale in a nutshell Roll credits. Roll credits. That's it. It's the end of the, the end of the game. End of the show. We're done. Roll credits. Uh, you know, he's just your typical typical game boss. Nothing unusual. Yeah, I mean, other than the love and the you guys go on your first date together. Yeah. I love that dating interface I, in the game. I guess I wasn't used to dating simulators when I saw that, mm. but I was like, <laughs> this is very strange. <laughs> like when 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 you're walking along the trail. And you you run into Sans, and then you run into him. It isn't up until you uh, start interacting with Papyrus for the first time when you sort or this at least this is from my experience. That's the first time 
you get a sense of what the whole game is going to be like. Right. Does that make sense? It does. And it's funny you mentioned that because when we first started, well, when I first started playing the game, I had played through the ruins and I got past Toriel, did not kill her. That's what I tell myself because I actually did kill her the first time and I had to reset the game and Flowey yelled at me. But I got past Toriel and that part where you're walking through the forest and Sands is kind of like creeping up on you. And now, right now, I forget exactly whether he comes from behind. I think he's coming from behind you. I was terrified. I thought this was going to be an entirely different game. Mm. I heard that and like it, you see his shadow and it's just that that ominous feeling and I was like this is going to be a horror game because um, I don't remember if I learned this before or after I started playing but uh, Toby Fox actually took such heavy inspiration from Earthbound and I can't remember if I said this in the last show but I could feel it and I knew like before I even knew that I'm like this feels like Earthbound like it's just mm. more so than like the battle interfaces where you can't see your character fighting you just see the monsters and that that weird little um what's the word like the menu at the bottom yeah um there's this sense of general unease when playing Undertale like there's the it's very simplistic as a game and it's very like obviously the themes uh, the further you go depending on how you play are really uplifting but there's always that sense of like creepiness yeah. and i don't really know how to explain it because as happy as the game does make me it still feels like earthbound which always feels creepy to me well i've never played um, uh, earthbound but when i played undertale for the first time there was a strange sense of familiarity my experience with rpgs uh is basically like pokemon like, i never played zelda similar i mean you think about the combat system, it kind of looks like Undertale. It's a lot like that. And there was a sense of familiarity. And when I was playing it, it was so weird because it, it felt like I'd played it before. Mm. I was, I, I, and I'd, I'd never felt that way. And that's when, that's why I kept playing it because it did seem so familiar. It was like I've already played the game before. The characters were quirky. Right. And uh, the quirkiest of them all is, yeah. it was Papyrus. And I'm, oh. <laughs> and I'm honored to be uh, doing this with you because I, Papyrus is my favorite character in the game. He's um, one of. Uh-huh. For the longest time, it was Sans, but then it after going back and uh, playing the game to get ready to do this with you, it occurred to me: no, no, Papyrus is easily my favorite character. Right. I think, I think there's a lot to say about Papyrus specifically because he is such a like he's what brought the whole game to life for me. So I didn't really know what to expect because the ruins and Toriel, they have that specific feel to them where they're almost kind of, I don't want to, I'm hesitant, really hesitant to say unfinished. When I started fighting Papyrus and I met him and he just kind of comes in like a whirlwind and he's like talking a million miles. His his uh, speech sound is very abrasive to the ears, like it kind of grabs your attention and I'm fighting him and the music starts like one way. He has his little bouncy theme. And then it explodes into bone trussle. And I was like, oh, now I know what I'm in for. And now I know I'm totally sold on this game. When you're when you're in the, the tutorial, you know, the the entire um the entire experience is all puzzle based. 
Yes. And when you finally get out, you're, you're halfway anticipating the entire game to be sort of puzzles and things like that. But there really aren't that many puzzles. Yeah. Um, and then you get to Bone Trussle. And that's when it's like, oh, this is more action than anything. Like, you're actually having to make decisions. Yeah, in your um, little combat square. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, yeah, and you also think that, uh, I don't I don't even know, for most players, I don't know if it occurs to them that Toriel is the first time you really make a decision, mm-hmm. ma- aside from maybe, like, the little monsters along the way. Uh, but then when you get around to Papyrus and facing him, then you're like, okay, now I really have to make a decision. And my first run-through was the hybrid run mm. or the neut- neutral hybrid run um because by the end i i ended up killing i killed papyrus my first run through. Oh, you dirty brother killer i just didn't know <laughs> and at the very end that's when it occurs to me um that I, that i've made decisions throughout the game and it finally called me out on it mm-hmm. you monster yeah <laughs> um yeah yeah i couldn't find it in me to kill papyrus he's just such a I really resonate with Papyrus really strongly because there's such an innocence to his character. And I've always kind of had, um, I'm sure you are familiar with the phrase rose-colored glasses. Yes. It's kind of how, I's, how I've always lived my life. And I feel like Papyrus kind of embodies that really well, like those rose-colored glasses. Like even though he's so intent, like I'm going to capture a human, I'm going to join the Royal Guard, like his intention, I don't... I don't really know that he understands why he's doing the thing. He just wants to do the thing because that's his dream in life. And damn it, he's going to get what he wants. And he's going to be a hero and everybody's going to respect him. I don't really know, like, spending some time with the character, I don't really know that he understands the meaning and the weight behind that. But that's what he wants. And he's going to get it. And he's really, really enthusiastic about it. And he's just got this, like, boundless enthusiasm and passion for life. And I'm like... I can get behind that. I kind of have moments like that. You know, I have moments where I'm sad and angry and frustrated and hating things. But in general, I'm a pretty easygoing, happy person. So when I met Papyrus, I see a lot of myself in that character. Yeah. I, and I think, um, I think despite it all, uh, it's never been, I think Papyrus does, um, a really good job of showing, the player and the main character that it's not really about yourself. Yes. It's more about the people around you and not taking life too seriously. Yeah. And I think he does a really good job of that. If you've ever heard the quote, uh, how does it go? A friend of mine, actually, when I was living in the dorms at college, I had a, a little whiteboard on my door and I used to write quotes on it. And he came over the one day in a group we were just getting ready to go out somewhere and he was over and he's like I'm gonna steal your whiteboard for a minute and uh he drew like this elaborate version of the quote and now I can't remember it verbatim but it's something like don't take life too seriously no one gets out alive mm. that might actually be it that might actually be the entire quote that but, sounds pretty familiar actually yeah, I think yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah I think I've heard that so when you were saying that that's just what it made me think of like life's mm-hmm. too short to be taken seriously mm-hmm. and to you know Right, scrutinize everything, and I and I like I like how big Papyrus's heart is. Yes, <laughs> um, and you don't really realize how big his heart is until sort of toward the end of that whole arc. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's really interesting is his and Undine's experience with the protagonist, mm-hmm. 
they both end up realizing that humans aren't so bad. And I think that's really interesting considering that his aspirations are one thing and Undyne's aspirations are very similar. Papyrus is actually a catalyst, or not a catalyst, um, has parallels with a lot of characters in, that, in the game. Mm-hmm. Him and Flowey, did you know about his uh, dialogue is very similar to the way Flowey speaks? No. They both use the word howdy. Do they really? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and they ah! and when they say howdy, there's a bunch of exclamation points right next to it. And it's really interesting how there are parallels because Papyrus is a very um, malleable character. Mm. Um, Both his personality and the way he interacts with other characters. He just seems to be that kind of person. It's creepy when Flowey does it, though. Mm -hmm. I think we can agree on that. (laughs) You Um, idiot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think Papyrus, with his malleableness, I feel like... He kind of is all of us at some point or another because as you play the game, you start you start out, he's going to capture you. That's what he needs to do in his life. And then he slowly, like, I don't think anybody realizes it, but you slowly, he becomes your friend. So like you said, how you realize that humans aren't all bad. Papyrus just slowly realizes, hey, it's really cool to have you as a friend. And I feel like everyone at some point in their life or another has that one person who you really, really just cannot stand. Or they just know how to get under your skin. Like just a person that you really don't mesh with at first, but like over the course of time, something happens like a life event or a conversation or a common interest that you find. And then it changes the whole game and you slowly realize that this person, like your life is better because this person is here. And at first, like, I I have several friends in my life where it's like, I hated you when we first met. Hate is a strong word. I disliked you when we first met, but now we're, you know, we clicked and we're really good friends. So, similarities. Yeah, he is a character that, um, that represents a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, again, am super proud to be uh, talking about him in this episode because... He reminds me of a few things. Um, he Papyrus made me look at myself in the mirror by the time I finished the game. And say, yeah. And I, obvi- oh, of course. you have- <laughs> um, he, He's ambitious. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm very ambitious and I'm very goal oriented. Mm-hmm. But he also fails all the time. And so do I. That's me. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I can be goal oriented. Goal oriented. I'm ambitious, but half the time I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So I'm kind of just like throwing darts into the wind and seeing what sticks. It's like, I'm going to try everything. And if nothing works, well, oh, well, I tried. Mm -hmm. So he also has a brother. And when I saw Papyrus and Sands, I saw my myself and my brother. Um, I've always been the tall, lanky one. And my (laughs) brother's always been kind of the uh, stockier one in, in my family. Is he laid back and lazy? And very laid back. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so, and but at the same time, his brother is also there for him at mm-hmm. every turn. Absolutely. Um, you, and so is my brother. And there's uh, even a point in the game where he says, <laughs> there's a, um, a really cool quote. By the way, did you see that weird outfit he's wearing? We made that a few weeks ago for a costume party. He w- hasn't worn anything else since. <laughs> Keeps calling it his battle body. Man, isn't my brother cool? Like, if that's not my brother, 
I, that yeah. So have you ever had a Halloween costume that you've refused to take off? No, but I've I've worn things that I've refused to take off, and he and he used to say, "You need to get rid of those." That's fair. Yeah. Um, it's really sweet. I really, I had a hard time appreciating Sans as a character at first because he's just so insufferably lazy and like kind of a jerk at first. Like he's funny. Like I didn't hate the character by any means. Um, but when you really figure out, he's like, hey. Like he kind of takes you aside and is like, just just be cool with my brother. Like he tries his best. Like obviously that's not the direct quote from the game, but like he, you really get the sense that he is so there for his brother and like whatever his brother's dreams are, he's gonna back those a hundred percent. So that's I feel like that's what really shines in that moment. Yeah, and I think uh, I would even say my brother has done that because I'm pretty neurotic in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just get these ideas in my head and sometimes I just need a a, a, a big like, a, a, just a, a weird look. Like, why are you why are you being the way you are? And, um, and <laughs> I don't think Sans allows that to happen for his brother. Right. But at the same time, and you know, it's hard to talk about Papyrus without talking about Sans. I know. They kind of come hand in hand. Sans has a an arc that's all his own when it's not entangled with his brother. I have a younger brother, too. You kind of can't mention one without mentioning the other in terms of family. But yeah, their relationship is really cool. Yeah. It's really cool to see, and it's kind of cool to watch it unfold. And um, spoiler alert, I have not done this myself. I actually looked up a YouTube video of what happens, which is why I made that quote uh, at you earlier, where like you're in the judgment room, and if you only kill Papyrus, you get that special dialogue with Sans, where his eyes go black, and he's like, "You dirty brother killer." Mm-hmm. That's like he's mad. You're you're probably gonna get your butt handed to you. Yeah. Did you know that if you try to type in Papyrus's name, if you go to type in Papyrus at the very beginning instead of like your name or something along those lines, it goes, I'll allow it. And then there's a bunch of exclamation points. And then it'll revert it back to the the empty space. That's so funny. Yeah. It's a ton of fun. See, I love, this is another thing just to love about Undertale is the amount of detail that goes into the little stuff. Like the stuff you're not ever expecting to find, but you just kind of stumble across it. And it's like, oh my gosh. And it just makes you smile or it makes you laugh. And it's just, you know, the attention to detail and the love put into it. You can feel it. Yeah. And I've thought about something I wanted to ask you since I started uh, reading back up on my Undertale lore um, and getting to know Papyrus a little better. Sure. And I'm not trying to throw you a curveball or anything, but I think it's important. So it's a curveball? It's a (laughs) curveball. Would you take cooking lessons from Undyne? Oh, God. Would I take cooking lessons from Undyne? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) It's a death sentence. But I would love to watch a cooking show of Undyne. Mm -hmm. Like, watching just her chuck spears around, and it's like, put this in the pot right now. And she grabs the noodles and, like, throws it at you. Like, (laughs) it would be a good time, Hosted by Metaton, right? Oh, of course. I wouldn't ask anyone else to host it. (laughs) Bermuda Games. Yeah, moo as in the cow, is a startup board game company soon to be releasing its first game, Are You Gonna Eat That?, on Kickstarter this year. Based on that title alone, we are very excited to see this game. We think it's going to bring us lots of laughs, lots of fun, and we hope you'll join in too. Bermuda Games is a friend of Bookshop Media, today's sponsor of Stay Determined, and we hope that you'll visit their Twitter and Instagram, at Bermuda Games. From everyone at Bermuda, thank you and stay determined. 
So, have you ever been so focused on one thing that it sort of becomes your entire being? Oh god, yeah. All the time. Really? It depends it, it depends on the situation. I think that happens a lot. I mean, I have moments where like I'm so focused. Right now it's kind of tough. I'm uh changing up my thought train a little bit here, but I've been so focused on like kind of making my life even out cuz like I'm in a job that's kind of inconsistent and always changing and growing and evolving. So I've kind of been trying to keep my head on straight all the while attempting to get a full eight hours of sleep, which doesn't always happen. But um, I find myself in that mindset mostly during creative processes. Um, Like I am an avid player of Dungeons and Dragons. Most people who know me know that by now. Mm. I am through and through a lover of D&D and I play it whenever possible. And um, you kind of get into your character's head a little bit when you play because you assume the role like I'm going to play this human bard or this elf warrior whatever it happens to be but like I've had characters where I've loved so thoroughly that like I'm attempting to turn them into novels Mm -hmm. so like in a creative process like that like it I it kind of becomes me Mm -hmm. and it's like everything that I think about is in tune with like world building or character design or it's like oh this would be great for this part of the story or I have an idea for a scene in my head or I'm just seen scribbling down little notes whenever I have time. Do I have enough time to write all the time? No, but I understand exactly what you're saying. And it's, it's interesting you interpret it that way. Um, you, you seem to think of Papyrus's obsessive train of thought as a drive see i would i would stop you there and i would not call it obsessive i would call it passionate Mm. boundless passion interesting and i really don't like i'm obsession really isn't in my vocabulary okay it's passionate you can be obsessive over things i am you know but it's all passion and it's like i am so gung-ho about getting this or making this happen or doing this like i believe it it's gonna happen so and i feel like papyrus is like that all the time he's like i believe this it's gonna happen i'm gonna do it i'm just gonna get what i want in life because i was trying to sort of um explore papyrus's uh ambition and his his drive but every time i tried to bring it back to me i kept thinking that it was an obsession right and so the the way that i i have been there um in in that way but and but i'm, I'm passionate about certain things such as uh, podcasting and filmmaking um and other things but at the same time i have also been in hard places that that they were my uh my coping mechanisms uh-huh. and they became obsessive there was a time when I was uh, working in a coffee shop and every time uh, one of my coworkers would come around, the only thing I could talk about was filmmaking. Mm. It was like I was perseverating. Right, it, right, right. It was bad. Um, and so, and I don't know specifically why 
papyrus makes me think of that. Mm. But I think it a lot of it has to do with um, just the the lore being, you know, the 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 underworld and the surface were separated, and there he's hunting for humans, and he's trying to join the royal guard, and it's like all these different things. And to me, maybe it's my inner self pointing this out to me, my uh, subconscious, but it seemed to me like it was obsessive. It's funny that you bring that up because it really is, I think it's a situational thing. Mm -hmm. It all depends on what's going on in the world around you. Like if there's tension, if you're in a hard, if you're just falling on hard times and you're looking desperately for those coping mechanisms, I think you can cross the line into obsession. But if it's a happy thing, if it's passionate, then, you know, it Mm -hmm. is, well, passion is the word I would use. Mm -hmm. But I think it really all depends on your outside stimuli and what's going on in your life that's going to affect how you uh, use these things, how you utilize these like instruments, coping, mm-hmm. whether it's coping, creative production. Well, there was a time when um, I I went through this big breakup and I lost um, a handful of friends in, in, the, in uh, coming out of that. Right. And after it had happened, I felt like I was not just alone, but I felt like a failure. Mm. It, it was something so small, but it was the thing that really pushed me over the edge. Right. Because it was symbolic. It, mm. it just meant, this is how little you care about me. Right. At the time, I I cut all those people off. I it, I just had to really like take the first 24 hours to to mope Mm -hmm. and then the second 24 hours to get over it Mm -hmm. and then by the third day it was in the rearview mirror and so that was a in my look at the time it it was it felt like a failure like i failed at these relationships right and i i used um filmmaking and all these uh, creative endeavors as my my coping mechanism and I, so, and if I was goal oriented then, it, it, it only intensified as time went on mm. because I used those, those ambitions and those goals and um, all my passions to get out of that place. And so, and I, I really think I can draw a, um, a draw a line between those feelings and the way papyrus works because it's all based on on goals and ambitions and becoming something even though even though you fail literally every single time right you do it anyway and if you put in enough hours you you're eventually going to be successful right and t- and in a way he was successful he found the human he almost caught the human right but it just didn't work out that way It's really funny that you mention uh, like a bad breakup and losing friends and having to get over it and you're the, these these outlets becoming obsessive because uh, the D&D character that I was referring to, keep it nameless, I won't provide any details, but I had just come out of a really bad breakup, like a miserable relationship. And this, I had the chance to play D&D shortly after. Um, and this character kind of represented like an explosion of freedom for me. And it was just like endless, passionate creativity. And it was just such a point of 
happiness that I don't forget. Like I still carry it with me today. Like it's still, I still remember how it felt to finally have this like nothing is holding me down feeling like there's literally no holding me back. So it's, it's really funny and just whatever's going on around you, how it affects what you do and how you perceive you gotta, you gotta stay determined oh yeah absolutely so I find it hilarious and uh fun and (laughs) quite frankly a little obnoxious uh to read papyrus's dialogue out loud (laughs) i get the biggest kick do you out of reading his dialogue i because for some reason um i couldn't do it with any other character in the game I, i i i could hear their voices in my head and but only as like they're like they're the you know what i mean yeah but when papyrus came on it was like oh my gosh i could be this person on stage I could, oh my gosh he was i when i do the uh i do the twitch streams yeah. from time to time i do the twitches yeah um and and i did an entire stream for undertale when and i read every character's oh, voice out loud no. i was that guy and it was a ton of fun <laughs> Then I, the great Papyrus, will get all the things I utterly deserve. Respect. Recognition. I will finally be able to join the Royal Guard. People will ask to be my friend. I will be I, I, he's, he's so animated and hilarious. And I every time uh, his theme song comes on, not Bone Trestle, the other one. I, I actually do the... um. The, the dance the the have you seen the video from the convention the, like comic con or whatever it was uh or dragon con and there's like a bunch of spider-mans in in a in yes the, in a row oh my gosh and they're yes. all doing what is that what is the dance it's a take on me by aha is that what that is yes well that's the one i know of but it's somebody made it in dark souls oh, and it's dark souls characters right, doing, yeah. and, I, I, and i laugh every time every time i that song comes on I just immediately start doing the (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh now I'm gonna start doing it every time I hear either of them I'm just gonna start like oh my gosh everything about that character is so animated Mm -hmm. I like I there in there are hundreds of jokes like inside jokes for for him like all the people listening to this need to turn the subscribe button blue because oh yeah that this is uh the best character to mm-hmm. talk about mm-hmm. he's there's just so many it's so much there's so much to say i he i <laughs> and so many things maybe <laughs> so many things not to say yeah well um <laughs> It's funny. Um, I have to stop you and back this up for a second Mm -hmm. because I need to break myself of a very horrible habit because whenever I hear, whenever I see Papyrus and hear his dialogue and I hear the phrase, I think of Skeletor 
I cannot unhear Skeletor when I hear when I see Papyrus. Like that's the voice in my head. Interesting. Is Skeletor from He Man, and I'm like, the two couldn't be more different, but at the same time, they're not that different. Have you seen you the original concept it? art? Of Papyrus? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. He kind of looks like Skeletor. Does he really? He's a little Skeletory. <laughs> not gonna lie. Well, then I'm not far far off the mark. Yeah, in his his concept art, like I'm the one that they ended up going with, like the fi- the finished product of Papyrus, uh-huh. is flawless. The old ones, not gonna lie, they kind of sucked. <laughs> Um, they, because he was like flimsy looking. Mm. He, you know what I mean? Yeah. He, it didn't look like a skeleton. It looked like it looked kind of blobby in mm-hmm. some of them. Um, and you could tell it was obviously concept art. Right. But they definitely, when they hammered it out, it looks good. I'm gonna have to go look at that now. Now it's I'm curious as to how close. Mm-hmm. I love concept art though. It's like look how far you've come. <laughs> mm. Do you ever do you own any like books of concept art? Like because I know uh, bookstores tend to sell a lot of those. I do. I own. Let's see. Well, there, it has some concept art in it, but uh, you know the video game series Portal. Mm-hmm. I have one of the guidebooks, and it has a lot of concept art in it because I'm very interested in the lore base of Portal. Um, I have one for Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, like the one where you play as Raiden, but it's not like your typical Metal Gear game because I've played Metal Gear too, but Revengeance was, it was fun. Hack and Slash. Um, and I also own a couple of art books for an anime that I enjoy. So yeah, I just love to flip through and see, like, especially if it's a long running series, like how how far the art style and how far the character designs came from like the original conception, mm-hmm. especially in the case of portal because portal is such a long or it's such a wide span, wide reaching game is the phrase I'm looking for. Like so many people know portal, even people that don't like video games have somehow ended up playing portal. Mm-hmm. Like it just touches a very, very broad audience. Do you think you own if you went to look in your archives, mm-hmm. any concept art from the hit uh, the hit anime, Kissy Kissy Mew Mew. You know, I don't think I do. I may have to sift through my uh, instant noodle collection. Is this a real anime? Oh, how Kissy, do I Kissy, answer Mew, this? Mew, Mew? Is anime real in general? Is anime an instrument? <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, <laughs> you had to go there. <laughs> I. This isn't my first train wreck, Kate Chudley. <laughs> this is not my first train wreck. <laughs> this is not my first train wreck. He says, "Oh my gosh!" Annoying dog suspends from the ceiling, Mr. spinning. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's kind of my voice. It's kind of my papyrus. Like it's like always yelling. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, he, just it turns it up to eleven for real. It I oh gosh, we got to interweave some of the reenactments here of the Twitch stream. It, it chainsaws and cannons suspended from the air, and you're on a drawbridge. Like he he literally could have got you and you just <laughs> slip on by. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Although I have to, uh, 
I have to say, you've been speaking for the past 30 seconds, but all I can picture is the annoying dog dangling from the ceiling, just spinning ever so slowly, having zero clue what's going on. And he, like, explains every uh, every tile on the, the puzzle uh-huh, board. Uh-huh. And he's like, yeah, the red goes to blue, and the blue goes to yellow, and the green goes to blue, and the like, red goes to orange. Or, like, orange and- the green does nothing. The pink shocks you. The orange will send you flying off the edge. This does this. This, like, summons whatever lightning bolts. I don't know. Yeah. Every it, like, different tile, work. and then it all turns gray, and he just slides off the screen. He's just... <laughs> puzzles! Uh, all the puzzles! What was the name of the magazine? Junior, like, he, he's like, Sans, you came up with a puzzle. And it's like a puzzle book, like a crossword, or like Sudoku. Oh, yeah. It was like, no, it was like, like junior, a junior puzzle. Junior puzzle something. Yeah. Or other. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yep, that's it. Yep. Like, <laughs> I did it. I did. I did exactly what you asked of me. Lazy nothing bones. more. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, uh, how, how do you make a skeleton laugh, Kate? I don't know. You tickle his funny bone. Did you? I hate you so much. Because <laughs> I totally forgot that was coming. Oh, I'm going through my mind. I'm like, wait, how does this end again? Yep. I'm like, ah, oh, foghorn. <laughs> but we can't, we can't go through all of the uh, the skeleton jokes because those are Sans things. Yeah. But again, you can't talk about papyrus without talking about Sans. Exactly. It's it's just not possible. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be possible, and I'm like, you know, they're so close, just as brothers mm-hmm. and as characters, mm-hmm. they're so interwoven. Yeah. You can't have one without the other. Yeah. So don't kill Papyrus, you dirty brother killer. And you know, Papyrus also embodies uh, determination as a whole. Oh, absolutely. Um, I can't say that for almost any other character except for maybe Undyne. Mm. Um, but she is the real. She's literally. Yeah, she's the true hero. The Undying. Yeah. Um, Papyrus, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's like I want to take him very seriously as a character. But at the same time, it's very difficult because he's papyrus. Mm-hmm. Every word he speaks is silly. Um, he, you know, he kind of reminds me of the quirky math teacher. Quirky math teacher, or the quirky chemistry teacher. Mm. He's just kind of strange. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like. Again, hearkening back to how we've all had people like this in our lives. Like that one person that you just don't get, but they're so good to have as a friend. Like they're just so good and they will have your back for anything, like any reason. Even though his car is, or his, even though his bed is a race car. Okay, do you know how happy that made me when I walked into his room for the first time and he's got a race car bed and like action figures and I'm like, oh my gosh, this character. Can we talk about what's behind that door with the fire? Isn't that Sansa's room? Is it? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember either. It very well may be. I think it's Sansa's room where there's just that weird glowing fire creeping out from the door. That might be it. That might be his room. I also have to talk about one of my favorite parts of that whole house, and that's the uh, series of passive-aggressive notes about picking up the socks. Yes. Or there's like there's like one of Sans's socks on the ground, and Papyrus, there's like a sticky note, and Sans leaves a sticky note on the sticky note, and then there's another sticky note, and it's, the sock never gets picked up. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, folks. Papyrus is a little clicky as, as a boyfriend. Yes. 
A little clingy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of calls you every eight steps. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. <laughs> you gotta have to get away from that. Mm-hmm. But the, he cares. He's got a lot of skeletons in his closet. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Who am I? Uh, this is uncharacteristic of me. He's literally <laughs> seeping out of my dialogue uh, box. You made the skeletons in the closet joke. I can't believe you. I can't help it. Mr. Fouts. It's, it's just so easy. It is. It's very easy. You know how hard it is for me to like stick my jaw out and grit my teeth at, like and look like him as i try to imitate you from (laughs) as i do it but it's fun and you're left smiling because of it yeah i think that's what's important is it's so papyrus is a a character that requires nothing of you as a player like it's just so easy to feel good when you think about this character like you think of papyrus and you either roll your eyes but you're still smiling Mm -hmm. you roll your eyes or you're like groan like oh god but you're still smiling at the end of it so it it requires nothing to love this character and his uh, like any parts of the game that he's featured in. Yeah. And what's great is his story doesn't have a sad ending. There's really no um, even though he realizes you're not so bad, mm. and he actually does want to kind of help you a little bit mm-hmm. and let you go. He you you don't have to end the conversation about him on sort of a a, a, a low note mm. um there's nothing somber about his character Mm-mm. it's just he is all out there all papyrus on the table you you know heart on a sleeve yep. kind of he's that kind of character yep and i i love that unadulterated uh kindness and quirkiness about him and mm-hmm. he's unashamed of who he is yeah he's never ashamed of papyrus right and i think he's the kind of character that people should strive to be mm-hmm. even though he's weird as all get out yeah and it's easy well i shouldn't say it's easy it's not always easy to drop everything and be happy but papyrus kind of represents that light in the darkness kind of thing like those little moments in life that kind of just pick you up off the ground dust you off and send you on your way mm-hmm. or lock you in this garage or lock you in the garage <laughs> with a bowl of dog food Mm. That was very creepy. That was probably the creepiest part of that whole thing with him. Well, I can't say that. You do will go on a date with him. Aw, I love that dating sim though. But it was it's creepy. it was yeah a little bit. He's, I mean, it's moving. His eyes were literally popping out of his head. It's moving alarmingly fast. <laughs> like first date, and then he's like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, maybe not." I remember there was a bar. Yes, and it was like a love meter. Yes. And my job was to get the love meter as high as possible. Yep. That was creepy. (laughs) Interpret that as you will. I know I'm interpreting it one way or the other. I won't say which. It might have been the tutu that did it. Yeah. But that sweatband, though. True. (laughs) True. Yep. We we both had... I guess it's a, a mutual sort of... Um, you know, he's so, he's so bony, you know, you can't not want to. Don't go there. Get up all in the. Don't go there. Don't do this. You want to just kind of <laughs> open up his ribcage and steal his heart. You oh, okay. Him. Okay. I don't know where you thought I was going. I don't know. We're leaving Matt in the dust. Kate Chudley. 
we're throwing it in the trash like frozen spaghetti. That's perfectly good spaghetti. That's perfectly good spaghetti. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, that spaghetti though. And the mic he even leaves you a microwave. See? He's courteous. It was unplugged. Crap. I don't think he has I don't think he grasps the concept of power. I don't think he gets that part. I mean, they are underground, so do they really have electricity? Yeah, they do. do. (laughs) Actually, that's a whole other story with the core. Stay tuned, folks. different story different day but just touching on it briefly i know undyne is the one with actual determination like she's got it that's why she's undying the undying but like papyrus really does have it too like i can't think of a time where it actually ever wavers where he's not going at 110 percent and like determined to make it work or at least it doesn't feel like it Anyway, I mean, I think that's the yeah, whether I think that's the qualifier. Yeah, it doesn't feel like doesn't his determination like is unwavered hmm. or wavering, I should say. Um, he he definitely has the plan, and he executes it to a certain extent. Right. But there does come a point where he gets a little distracted. Hmm, that's fair. Um, just from a teaching perspective. <laughs> And yeah, he gets a little off task. Mm-hmm. I know that phrase very well. Yeah. <laughs> but we all need a little bit of redirection now and again. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that we ever really totally fall off the wagon. We just need to remember to face forward. Do you remember the moment the heart turned blue? Yes. It freaked you out, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> freaked me out really bad. Mm-hmm. I, uh... I'm sitting there like, okay, I know how to play this. I've got this. I know what I'm doing. And then the thing turns blue. (laughs) And I'm like, what (laughs) just happened? Uh Uh-huh. It constantly surprises you. Uh Uh-huh. Well, it's that same moment, I believe. uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the same moment where the music explodes into bone trussle. Bone trussle. When it's like literally the whole game came alive for me in a split second. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I remember it very well. I remember it very well. Lest I eat a cockroach. Oh my god. I don't know. I just what? Kate, I leave you with these words. <laughs> Stay determined. <laughs>